Hey friends, you're gonna love today's interview. Listen to the end for a very special offer. Is your church ready? Are you ready for reopening? Can you feel it? The country is reopening. Ready for guests to walk through your doors, ready to welcome more people to worship and grow your church. Are you out of space or are your interiors frankly dated and needing improvement? Well, our friends over at Rise Point, they wanna lean in and help you. They wanna help you align your facility with the mission and vision that God has given your church. How do they do that? How do they look at all the guest touch points? Well, that's why RisePoint has developed what they call the needs analysis. The needs analysis is a comprehensive look at your site to seat experience through the lens of first time guest. It starts with in-person meetings, getting to know your church and evaluating your sign and interior, your branding flow and everything. And it culminates in this incredible report. You're going to want to find out more about it. Go to RisePoint. That's with an E R I S E com and click on the needs analysis or simply it's a lot easier just go to the needs analysis.com and let them know that on seminary sent you and you'll get 500 bucks off how often do you get 500 bucks just for listening to a podcast again that's the needs analysis.com this amazing first step tool is going to help you improve to welcome all those guests and upgraded guest experience in this season Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited about today's episode. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader that will both inspire and equip you. And today, well, going to be uh, fantastic. We've got Pastor Matt Gilchrist with us. He's executive pastor at Hope City Church. This is a fantastic church uh, based in Missouri. They've got an online campus and uh, they're launching all over the place. It's a fantastic church. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thanks, Rich. It's good to be here with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Hope City? Give us kind of the the picture, fill out this the story for us. Let us know a little more about the church. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so Hope City was planted. Uh, we just turned seven years old. Uh, planted here in the Joplin area uh, by another church in the area that uh, wanted to, to just make church a little bit more readily accessible for folks that lived. We're in a unique spot right on a couple of interstates. Uh, that's sometimes referred to as the four-state area of Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and Missouri. And so I uh, wanted to be really intentional about planting Hope City from the beginning. Uh, they've We've wanted to be a church that's really, really intentional about being a church for those that are, are unchurched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joplin sits down in the southwest corner of Missouri and is very much Bible Belt. There are a mm-hmm. number of healthy churches in the area. And I remember when I first heard that Hope City was going to be planted, I was actually an attender at the church that planted it. And mm. uh, I remember thinking, like, really? Like, this is mm. what we're going to do? Um, yeah. And then, you know, you fast forward a f- just a couple years ahead and realize that it was really an important thing and a, such a, a good visionary move by that church to plant Hope City. And so mm. uh, we exist to, to reach those that don't know Jesus, uh, maybe have been de-churched to some extent. Uh, mm-hmm. So been grown really rapidly. They met in 
uh, one facility for the first couple of years and then outgrew that and moved into the high school in Joplin and met there for mm-hmm. another couple of years before uh, launching onto our first campus that we moved into about uh, three and a half years ago. And so real step of faith for us to do that. And God's just been really good. Love it. So good. This is a fantastic church you should be tracking uh, along with. So now your current role, you're the executive pastor. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, You've just started relatively soon uh, in that role. Tell us about, you know, every church, it seems like the executive pastor role is a little bit different depending on kind of the lead pastor and their kind of particular wiring and passions and all that. But how does that structure out for you? Yeah. Yeah. I joined the staff uh, about four and a half months ago. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's, it's super new. So I, I knew of Obviously, I lived uh, in the same town as Hope City, so yeah. I was aware of, but uh, didn't know anybody on staff except for the lead guy. He and I met on a mission trip to Costa Rica like 18 years ago, have always been friends, okay. but never had talked about even like working in the church together. We'd run into each other. Our families love each other. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's a relatively new thing for me. Uh, it's, I'm the, the second executive pastor to be here, and so mm-hmm. there was... Uh, you know, a little bit of precedent set for stuff, Mm -hmm. but obviously Mm -hmm. pandemic changes everything for all of us. And so uh, trying to figure out what that looks like, even for the way that Hope City's navigated. So Cody and I, uh, Cody's our lead pastor. He's the one that's planted Hope City. uh, Mm -hmm. And him and I have a really complimentary relationship. Uh, He's Mm. incredibly passionate, incredibly visionary. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, honestly, is good with details. Uh, but mm-hmm. as Hope City grew, it just got to the point where for him to not only be preaching on the weekends, trying to lead the staff as it grew and with some of the different challenges, he had recognized he was just caring more than long term was going to be healthy. And mm-hmm. so when him and I sat down uh, at the end of last year to just kind of discuss this, it was really both an operations and a ministry role. And so because mm-hmm. I've been in ministry, that side of it uh is really exciting. I'm the oldest guy on staff, which I actually mm-hmm. really love because I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, you know, like we all like as you get older, you see yourself becoming not the young guy. But then I just swung the yes. pendulum all the way to the the end. So, <laughs> yes, uh, but it's That's a young, cool. it's a hungry, it's an energetic staff. And mm-hmm. having been in church and parachurch for over 20 years, it's just fun to to mm-hmm. do what others did for me, and that is come alongside, mm-hmm. really try to encourage. The other side of that job is then the operations side, which mm-hmm. uh, when you talk about things they don't teach you in seminary, it would be anything to do <laughs> with health insurance and yes. policies and all of these other things. So I've been around. I've, I've yes. been in the staff meeting when they say, hey, we're making a change to our health insurance. I've just never been part of that team that's making those decisions. And so it's both ministry and operations. I've probably mm-hmm. focused more on operations in the first part. Uh, Some of Mm -hmm. that was because Hope City's grown so quickly in the seven years, uh, things were running really smooth, but some of the systemic structures weren't necessarily in place. Right. Uh, And then the other side of that was really, I've had leaders and been over ministries and I wanted to build Mm -hmm. some rapport and a little bit of connection with our staff before uh, really started Mm -hmm. digging into what they do in their individual ministries. So. 
Right. That's cool. Yeah. So why don't we unpack that a little bit as, you know, in these last few months as you've started, what have been a few of those things that have kind of popped up that you're like, oh, here's an area that we should be thinking about, or, oh, here's, you know, how let's kind of talk more on the, you know, what your first priorities have been, what that's looked like, and even how you kind of came up with, hey, here's an area that you should, you know, you should be focusing on. What'd that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I thought maybe when I got here, there'd be like a to-do list of five or six things and <laughs> that didn't exist. But we all wish that. Yeah. Can someone tell me what to do? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, anytime you even follow somebody, then you're trying to figure out what did they bring to the table? What do you, what do you want to try to meet up with that kind of thing? So some of it happened just naturally, you know, my, no joke, my very first day, my first week, Mm -hmm. uh, we had everything from a conversation with architects about needing to um, expand our building. We had a meeting uh, with somebody who owned some property near us about the possibility of acquiring that, like, really simple, mm. easy things, uh, yes. you know, just to get it started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, some of those things just kind of naturally, uh, lent themselves that way. We had just mm. switched to a January to December budget. So mm. budget stuff was really set. That part was really easy, but it was, we we're just growing. I think when I got here in the beginning of February, one of the things that struck me most was, uh, you know, we're still in the pandemic, um, right. but especially in this area, it just felt like people had turned a corner and were done with that. So, mm. uh, when I got here, our attendance was already, uh, back almost to like hundred percent capacity. But in the meantime, we had launched an online campus, tried to be really intentional about that, put mm. some resources towards that to where a lot of that stuff that we're sharing is live, but there's an online host. It's, it's different than I'd seen in a lot of places. And that was continuing to grow. So it wasn't mm. like, well, you know, 800 people were doing online because we didn't meet in person and then they came back and online died. It was like, no, our our numbers are now pre-pandemic and our online mm. is still where it was during the pandemic. And so we wow. collected more folks. So so some of those systems were just a little bit outdated. Obviously, that's that's a strain. Our building's starting to get maxed. We're mm. thin staffed. And so when numbers got back to where they were, uh, you know, and then even some of the conversations of just... I don't even know psychologically that we know what the pandemic was like for us and what it was like working from home. So you get back to working in the office, numbers Mm -hmm. are back where they were. You need that full group of volunteers, all of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Just, I, I hit it in February and it was like, it wasn't as though the pandemic was over, but it felt a lot like that. Right. So suddenly it's like, Hey, we, we got to get back up to speed, that kind of deal. So, so that was some of the, like the ministry side of it. I think operationally, Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just kind of standardizing stuff. We hired another staff member while I was being hired. So learning what mm-hmm. the onboarding process looks like. And then, uh, you know, we've been really intentional about the values, about how our staff operates. And a lot of it mm. for me was trying to figure out how to do that. Well, Cody was really great to continue to lead out on things. And then, you know, you start to figure out when am I going to take over staff meetings? When am yes. I going to lead out on particular things and, and how to do that well? And then figuring out Cody's personality to know how to do that in the right way. Uh, jumping in with the elders, they had lots of questions because uh, they were mm-hmm. excited about growth. So, 
Yeah, interesting. Well, why don't we why don't we camp on that relationship between you and Cody? I know that's uh, whenever you get together with a group of executive pastors, that's always on the top of mind. We want to talk about how does that work? How do you structure your relationship? Even just some of the practical nitty gritty. How do you stay connected? What? How does all that work? How are you kind of staying connected with him uh, even in these early days? What's worked well uh, as you've landed in this this role? Yeah, that, that's a great question because it's you know as I've even talked to other guys that are in this role, they've been really helpful for me to. Mm-hmm. to remind me that the relationship that Cody and I have is really extremely important. And, mm-hmm. and we know that like, it's a no duh, mm-hmm. but for them mm-hmm. to say, you know, I had one guy that actually told me you and Cody need to spend a ton of time together, more time than you think you need to spend together to the point that mm-hmm. even when you start to think, Hey, I wonder if the other staff like wonders why we spend so much time together. And then you probably still need to spend more time together after that, because mm. it just, it really is this, we have to be able to work. We have to be on the same page. I want to be able to speak well for him. So we did some things initially where, uh, we do a staff circle up on Monday. Our staff meetings are actually on Wednesday, which side note, I really like because Monday mm. morning is not a real prime time for most of us to dive <laughs> yes. into. Weekend hangover yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's been really nice. And so our Monday circle up, I think is one of the the secret sauces of Hope City that make it mm. what it is. And so we just share wins from the weekend. Uh, we mm. read through the lists of folks that visited for the first time and, and spend some time in prayer. Cody and I do lunch every Monday then to make sure we're mm-hmm. on the same page to start to talk through stuff. Uh, you know, it's a ton of email and texting. It's a lot of me asking questions. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the number one priority for me and, and I've been around church world long enough to know that mm-hmm. if there's any dynamic that seems to be really key for the two of us is, uh, I think more, more that he needs to know he can trust me than even that I mm-hmm. need to know that I can trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and True. so for us, it was communicating that me being able to, to, to let him know that I'm always going to have his back, that I want to be an extension of what he's thinking, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because our roles were really clear, uh, you know, he's the visionary, he's the guy that's going to cast the vision and I'm the one that's going to make it happen. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to spend his time making it happen. And I don't want to be the guy having to come up with what's going to happen. And so yes. it yep. really works. And so it, it's gone so well. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. have had a couple of pretty good long conversations in the midst of it too. And I think, uh, you know, all joking aside, like I think our first fight was one of my favorite days, uh, because we had oh, to nice. get to the point, you know, it wasn't really a fight, but it, it sounds, yes. you know, I've joked with, yes. even with my wife about, you know, yep. Cody and I's relationship, that kind of thing. But I think to, for us to, to butt heads, to, to see something a different way, because God's wired us differently and that's good. And then to figure out, you know, how can we do this better? Where did we get off track? That kind of deal. So, yeah, no, and that's that's critically important to get to the point where you can disagree and say, like, hey, mm-hmm. we've got to, um, you know, in this conversation, we've got to come to some understanding because I think I see this differently, and I, you know, want to, I want to seek mm-hmm. to understand. I want to get clarity on that. Love, love that. That's so good. Yeah. What is your rhythm? So you guys have, um, you know lunch together. So you're, you know, that kind of team meeting Monday morning and then lunch together Monday noon. Uh, is there any other rhythm that you're seeing kind of work itself out just in staying connected regularly? Yeah, it seems to be uh, Wednesdays is another day for us uh, that yep. he and I f- find some time to get together. It's it's either yep. that or it's Wednesday and or Thursday. Uh, yep. And usually okay. in that afternoon, like before the weekend, uh, yep. we've got kind of last meeting. minute check in. Yeah. 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 And and that's what we're honestly trying to figure out. And even, um, you know, for us to, to establish what makes the most sense, uh, 
of when's mm-hmm. a good time when he's not writing sermons or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of deal. So we've done that. I, I don't know that there's a day that goes by that we don't talk a half dozen times. Right, uh, right. You know, and it, it could be phone, it could be text. Uh, there is a little bit of email too, just for trails of, of certain things that mm-hmm. we're working on projects, but it really, it has been that, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I've appreciated about him is I don't think there's been a time I've called. He hasn't picked up. And I think mm. that's true for me as well. Uh, and so, you know, we've <laughs> yeah. had some different evenings that we've had to jump on the phone. Um, Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, so we've, we've spent a little bit of time. We're getting ready next week to go on a retreat. And so mm-hmm. he and I will get away. We're going to get together with some other guys as well mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. are in these similar roles, but it's been really helpful. He's, he connected me with a couple of folks that are uh, XP somewhere else uh, that, yep. that kind of match the DNA of us. And then mm-hmm. it, it honestly, I bet there's 10 to 15 questions a week that I'm asking him. Because right. I just need to, you know, hey, I'm I'm going to make this decision, but help me process how you would do this, or yep. you know, what is, you know, how do how have we handled this in the past, or what does this look mm-hmm. like, or what do you think about this and that kind of thing. So yep. we we just yeah, keep testing it. that out. That's so good. So now pivoting and looking the other way, it's always fascinating to be the newly installed boss. So like, it's like, oh, there's all these people had, you know, working relationships with someone else before. And then you come along and it's like, now you're the new guy leading this thing. Tell me about that process. How's that gone? What's it been like to assume that? What have you done? Kind of what's one in these early days on that side of the relationships? It's a great question. Uh, It's been fun. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt that. And so Mm -hmm. I think even from, my interview process to my first couple of weeks, the I tried to just be really clear about who I am, and uh, so mm-hmm. I have a, a unique gift that can also be a downside, and that's that I can flip from super serious to super joking really quickly, and some people can follow, <laughs> and sometimes it's like we can be in the middle of an intense conversation and I'll crack a joke, and some folks that can throw them off a little bit. So yes. I've, <laughs> I've learned uh, a bit of self awareness. I'm sure I could learn a ton more, um, but just trying to relationally connect with them, uh, try to be really right. clear with them. You know, it's it's cliche because I think a lot of people say it, but I am a work hard, play hard guy. And so I want to mm-hmm. do both of those things. Um, you know, yeah. trying to, to ask questions about who they are, what they love has been, you mm-hmm. know, a, a key part. And then trying to figure out, so we have a unique dynamic in the fact that we don't have offices at Hope City. And okay. so uh, they're just for the sake of space. That was one thing they didn't put in. And so it's a lot more collaborative, a lot more out in the open, Okay, that's cool. Uh, and so there does happen to be an office that I get to utilize. And so I do spend some time there. But I tried to be clear with the staff even to say, I recognize my presence until you get used to it is a little bit different. And so I'll probably work in the office a lot, but I need you to know you can walk in whenever you want. And that's where you know mm. you can find me. I, do, I am going to mm-hmm. try and walk around the building, interact with folks, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some times that I'll go out in kind of the common space and work from there uh, just mm-hmm. so that I get some time with folks. Yeah, I love that. Um, as you've you know had those kind of first meetings, was there anything you learned uh, that maybe either went well or didn't go well? As you're like, oh, this team meeting, oh, maybe I didn't, <laughs> we didn't approach that quite correctly, or maybe something that was great, like you know, kind of a best practice on um, you know assuming leadership of teams that are already existing, pre-existing teams. That can be tricky. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent it can. I, uh, you know, one of the intentional things is on the every other Wednesday when we don't have staff meeting, I just meet with the team leaders. 
And oh, so okay. yeah, uh, cool. sitting down with them and trying to, you know, our very first one was just more about like, tell me who you are. Like, I don't have right. an agenda, that kind mm-hmm. of deal. I've tried to communicate to them what I want to cover when we meet so that they're not walking in flying blind or trying yes. to guess or that I'm <laughs> yes. not ambushing them. Uh, you know, so that stuff's been good. I, I've, I've tried to communicate even we do 90 day goals around here. And so we do that four Mm -hmm. times a year to try and, uh, over the course of the year, uh, figure out, you know, how we're doing that kind of things. Any sort of races Mm -hmm. would be merit-based, which sidelight, uh, because we were in that new budget, Cody waited to hand out uh, raises until I was here. And so I think in my like third week, I got to deliver those. So that's a win. Oh, like, well, that's <laughs> a win. Yeah. What a sweet guy. I that's know. Great. I know. So that's it's like, it's, win. it's hard to get off on the bad foot when you're going to meet with your staff and tell them they get a raise. So yes, you get some more money. Uh, I worked so hard over these last three weeks yeah, to ensure you got a raise. Yeah, like, look at this. So, uh, <laughs> but I think that was fun because I think there was a piece there even of saying, Hey, this is something that Cody and the elders had decided long before I got here, I just get to g- deliver the good news. Yes. But for some of our staff, that was really the first like one-on-one they'd had with me. And so yep. I think walking in, sitting down in the office and not knowing, and uh, I just, I'm always going to try to be as blunt and as clear as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, before I was in this role, uh, I was a missions pastor. And so what mm-hmm. I tried to commit to with the missionaries was the same thing. Like, I'm not afraid to have conversations about finances. I'm not afraid to have mm-hmm. conversations about spiritual health. I'm always going to lead with that stuff and I'm not going to, be mysterious. I'm not going to try and hide behind certain things. We're just going to have blunt conversations. And if I need something, I'll ask for it. And, and I think having done that and learned that, you know, and Mm -hmm. there is a part where I've been fortunate to have some really good bosses in my life. And so you Mm -hmm. do sit back and go, what did I love about it? And what did I hate about it? What can I do better? So, uh, you know, I think those things were good. Maybe one of the lighter notes things, I think it was probably my second day. I went and warmed up my lunch and was walking Mm -hmm. back to sit at my desk to work on it. And one of our guys said, is that your lunch? I said, yeah. And he said, you going back to your office? And I said, yeah. He's, are you a psychopath? And I said, no, I don't think so. He's like, we don't do that at Hope City. Like we eat lunch together. Like that's why we have the cafe. Oh, that's cool. And we all do this. And I didn't know that, you know, that wasn't part yeah. of the interview process. It wasn't in the onboarding pamphlet or anything. Yeah, but yeah. our team, whoever's in the building sits around and has lunch together yep. every day. And some people go mm. buy stuff, bring it back. Some of us bring it. But some of those family moments, because I've not worked in a place like that ever before. Uh, so it is very different and very collaborative, but you know, maybe that's a credit to our younger crew. Uh, but yeah, just little things like that. Cause if you came in and said, Hey, new rule, we all eat lunch together. I don't know how that goes, but just adjusting to what already works around here that they love. So, uh, we have a, a somewhat historic, uh, self-invented basketball game that we'll play, uh, a couple (laughs) times a week. And yep. so jumping in in some of those moments, I think, is an important, you know, just an important part of, of it not all being ministry minded. But on the other yeah, hand, yeah, right. if you just are relational at some point, too, you know, you've got to do both. So, yeah, there's a balance there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Even, you know, the the um, the fact that Cody, you know, they they held on those raises until you got there. That's a, what a great uh, for the lead pastors that are listening in, um, you know, what a, a great kind of tactic to be thinking about. Hey, how, are there pieces of good news that I can ensure that my executive pastor could roll out to the team? Um, not necessarily, you know, holding those all for just the, your engagement with your team. I often get that question on both sides of executive pastor, lead pastor relationships. Hey, how do we make this better? That's a real practical, um, you know, takeaway. I, I love that. You know, a core part of the executive pastor role is problem solving. So, you know, helping, you, you know, by definition, 
definition, you have you know, oversight of a wide variety of areas. And, you know, most of the problems are going to be solved by your team, but, but stuff is going to bubble up to you and they're going to come to you with issues. What have you found is kind of your process for uh, helping people work through problems? What is, you know, kind of the problem solving side? Uh, what have been some best practices even in these early days uh, to help wrestle through some of those? What's that been looking like for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the tricky things with that, uh, you know, like last week it happened, uh, I had from about 1130 to 330 on one of the days mm-hmm. I spent the entire time talking in three conversations with staff who all started the same way when they came by the, my office and said, Hey, do you have a sec? Like literally all three of them mm-hmm. said the same thing. And four <laughs> hours later it was, you know, <laughs> yes. after four o'clock and that's what I, but that's what I needed to do. What I've yes. had to figure out is they don't necessarily know those other conversations that are happening, nor do they care, nor do they need to maybe know that those did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, it was probably early on when I had one of those first, I'm notoriously not terribly stressed, but I had one mm-hmm. of those days that I recognized I was feeling it and was projecting it. Mm. And so trying to figure out just how to even temper myself in such a way that I'm more calming right. than I am upsetting. There's a couple of guys, I, you know, I've leaned on the team leads because they've been around a little bit more and they under, they do mm-hmm. understand a bit more of the, the whole context um, mm-hmm. where some of the times it's been that we've got a couple of guys on staff that have been with Hope City with Cody since the beginning. And they're mm-hmm. a wealth of knowledge and resource to be able to say, Hey, this issue's come up. Have you guys felt dealt with it in the past or, you know, that kind of thing. That's been some of what we've tried to do. And then the rest of it's mm-hmm. just been really being honest with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and recognizing, you know, I, I shared the story about them walking in and saying, Hey, do you have a sec? Because it's the same mm-hmm. exact phrase I would use. When I would right. go talk to my leaders in the past, you know, hey, do you have just a yeah. second? 30 minutes later, I'd done that to them. Yeah, we're so, talking about whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to just wrestle through what that looks like and then figure out how quick does the decision need to be made and, you know, mm-hmm. what's the stuff that we need to do. So I've tried to really empower those team leaders. They do handle a ton of stuff when stuff bubbles up or it just mm-hmm. becomes complex. Then as collaborative as we can be, is really mm. the biggest thing for me. So I love teams. I have no desire mm-hmm. to make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'm happy to when I need to, but mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather really all of us understand it. And so it's it's a combo of if we can collaborate, we will. And then after mm-hmm. the decision's been made, how's the best and quickest way for us to communicate that to the people that need it? Uh, because I think those were the things that I wanted uh, when I served under folks was, mm-hmm. can I contribute? Can I be given opportunities to contribute? And then when something happens, can I know in a timely fashion so that I can lead the people that I lead? So mm-hmm. the more that we can Love do it. that, I think, uh, has just helped our team gel even quicker. So. Yeah, that's cool. So this, uh, hopefully our relationship can sustain this. This is a little bit of a different question. Okay. So you, you know, based on your, you know, your background, I was just thinking as you, you've been talking, so, you know, you've served in other ministries in the town that you're currently in, and now you're serving in a, in a new ministry. Yes. You don't run into that very often. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what's that dynamic been like? How has, you know, how have you navigated that? Has that been, yeah, just no big deal. Just roll on. Or has there been, you know, what, what, what have you learned through that uh, process over these last yeah. number of months? Uh, that's a good question. I think this transition has been more challenging. So we moved to Joplin in 05 and I worked for yep. a nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. and attended a church on the weekend, which was the first time my wife and I had gotten the, had the ability to choose where we went on Sunday. 
and that kind of thing. <laughs> so we really enjoyed that. That was a 10 year season that we got to enjoy that. When I left there, I went on staff at the church we attended. And so the transition was mm-hmm. a little easy. It was like we were losing some. Uh, my wife still mm-hmm. worked at that organization. So there was still a connection. But it just mm-hmm. felt like we were kind of doubling down with our home church. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even when we told our kids, it's like nothing changes except for dad turns right. left to go to work instead of right. But like <laughs> right. S- same house, same school, all that. This right. time, I think I had even underestimated a little bit the fact that we were leaving what had been our home church for 16 years mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. just serve, but attend a different church. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a really pivotal time. My son was getting ready for the last semester of a senior year of high school. Uh, Our daughter is an eighth grader. And so both really great times for life transitions, you know? And so obviously their school stayed the same, that kind of thing, but, Mm -hmm. but church was staying, was different. Now they're going to land in a new youth group, all these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we love the Joplin community. It's a, it's a very small town, but there's a, ton mm-hmm. of stuff going on there, I I'm really thankful for the yeah, goodness. There's probably a dozen non Christian nonprofits in Joplin. There's a Bible college, mm-hmm. there's a number of churches and it's always been so interconnected that it didn't feel like we lost anything. If anything, it just felt like we were gaining a bigger yeah, new relationships. And, um, yeah. but it, but it was different. I mean, even on the Sunday we came down to interview, I was shocked at how few faces I recognized. Right, uh, and so it wasn't just like, oh, well, now I go to church with these fifty friends instead of those fifty friends. It it really did feel like a whole new experience for us, uh, which ended up being really, really good. And mm-hmm. there were some things that we kept, but there were some challenges, you know, some different things that we encountered by getting here, uh, losing mm-hmm. some of the community that we had. But I'm really thankful, and I think there's enough folks that have done something like that in Joplin. It's not it's not weird, but it it is. It does feel a little different to change churches in the same town. Uh, yeah, you know, um, but I'm I'm thankful. I think I think the the relationship between Christ Church and Hope City because they planted mm-hmm. helps mm-hmm. that a bit too. And so, right. uh, you yeah, know, similar we, DNA and yeah, all that. There's yeah. like some yeah, connections that's very there similar. Sure. Uh, you know, and we're rooting for each other, so it's not. Yes, you know, I think it's too yeah. easy for us to be like, well, you went to a competitor or whatever, and you're like, that's just not kingdom minded. No, and none absolutely. of us are that way. So. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's great. Well, as we come into land here, anything else you'd say maybe to an executive pastor who's in their early days in a new role? Any kind of final uh, thoughts as we wrap up today's episode? Man, uh, teach me what I should have done better, I guess, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, the, the things that I've always leaned on in ministry my whole entire life is you can't mm-hmm. ask enough questions and mm, learn from people so that uh, have been doing what you're doing. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm fortunate for that. I'm an old youth minister by heart. And I think one of Mm -hmm. the best things about youth ministry is more than any other ministry I've been around, they just seem to be a collaborative heart. And I remember Mm -hmm. being at youth ministry conferences and, you know, I would hear you talk about a sermon series you did on Romans and it it would be a natural conversation to be like, Hey, Rich, did I hear you did something on Romans? And you would say, Mm -hmm. dude, yeah, it was great. I'd love to send you my stuff. If you use it, cool. If you don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just that collaborative spirit, and I loved that about youth ministry and some other areas of ministry. I haven't found that same kind of mm-hmm. uh, collaborative spirit, and so I think just mm-hmm. asking questions, getting connected with folks that are in those roles. That's what I'm still trying to do. That's part mm-hmm. of what even next week is going to be so valuable for me. Is mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting around with five or six guys in the same role. Yep. Uh, you know, love it. And then I, th- you know, the other thing I think that's really probably. Uh, more important maybe than that would be uh, my wife and I have been really intentional about mm. how to communicate about 
this because it's it is different. The nature of the conversations mm-hmm. and the information I have is she's going to know I had a good or bad day. And she knows mm. I'm navigating difficult things. It could be staffing issues. It could be yep. finance things, whatever that is. And mm-hmm. us being able to communicate in a regular rhythm. Cause I, I don't want to just tell her, Hey, busy day. It was really stressful. Can't tell you about it, but I also mm. can't come home with the church laundry list Yes, and, yes, and lay that out. And so being really intentional about that is cause she's my best friend. She's my biggest supporter. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to talk life and ministry with her, but I also want her to be able to walk in on a Sunday and worship right. and, and enjoy, enjoy that. Yeah, so, absolutely. so figuring those things out is, I think has been really key. And then, you know, whatever that looks like for the relationship with the lead guy, you know, for Cody and mm-hmm. I to figure out some, some good rhythms of how to connect, when to connect yeah, and even, so good. uh, you know, I think we've begun to learn even how to be really blunt quicker than mm. like, we're not going to hurt each other's feelings at this point. Sure. And so it's like, <laughs> if I'm in a bad mood, I'm just going to tell you on the lead, you know, like I'm not yes. going to try to sugarcoat it. So, Yeah. Matt, this has been so great. I appreciate your help. So uh, insightful and love just getting kind of open up on the hood and get a chance to kind of see a little bit about what's going on at Hope City. want to cheer for you. If people want to track along with you or with the church, uh, where do we want to send them online? How do we want them to get connected with the church? Yeah, the best place to go would be experiencehope.city. And that'll mm-hmm. land uh, at a central landing page. We're planting uh, a church down in Northwest Arkansas. And so you can you nice. can see what in essence is our three campuses right now of Joplin online in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, that's a All great right. place to, to get connected with everything we're doing. We're, of course, on the social media stuff. And so mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, are, are good places to do that as well. Great. So thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.